Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Heinrich Sienkiewicz was an international phenomenon at the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th centuries. He was trained in both law and medicine. He was a respected historian. He was a successful journalist. He was a widely sought-after critic and editor. He was an erudite lecturer. And in addition to all that, he was an amazingly prolific and wildly popular novelist, selling millions of copies of his almost 50 books in nearly 300 editions in the United States alone. His writing includes some of the most memorable works of historical fiction ever penned, ranking with the likes of Sir Walter Scott, Robert Louis Stevenson, and Samuel Johnson. In 1905, Sienkiewicz saw his brilliant career capped when he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. It was an unlikely destiny for a passionately ethnic novelist from the isolated feudal and agrarian Podlasi region of Poland to fulfill. Born in 1846, he lived during one of the most tumultuous periods of Central European history— ideological revolutions, utopian uprisings, base conspiracies, nationalistic movements, and imperialistic expansions racked the continent in the decades between the fall of Napoleon and the rise of Hitler. Wars and rumors of wars shook the foundations of social order to an extraordinary degree. His own nation was cruelly and bitterly divided between the ambitions of the Prussian Kaiser and the Russian Tsar. The proud cultural and national legacy of Poland was practically snuffed out altogether. All the distinctive aspects of the culture were outlawed, and even the language was fiercely suppressed. Sienkiewicz became part of an underground movement to recover the Polish arts, music, poetry, journalism, history, and fiction. He used the backdrop of the social, cultural, and political chaos to reflect both the tragedy of his people and the ultimate hope that lay in their glorious tenacity. He was thus a true traditionalist at a time when traditionalism had been thoroughly and systematically discredited the world over, the only notable exceptions being in the American South and in the Dutch Netherlands. As a result, his distinctive voice rang out in stark contrast to the din of vogue conformity. His novels not only introduced the world to Poland, they offered a stern anti-revolutionary rebuke in the face of modernity's smothering political correctness. 
Some scholars believe the traditionalist movement Sienkiewicz championed is what enabled Poland's Christian church to endure the traumas of the First and Second World Wars, occupation from the Nazis and the Soviets, and the long, grinding years of Soviet domination. His massive trilogy with Fire and Sword, The Deluge, and Fire in the Steppe, published between 1884 and 1887, tells the story of an ill-fated attempt to save his homeland from foreign domination during the previous century. With the scope of Tolstoy's War and Peace and the passion of Hugo's Les Mis, the trilogy is a monumental achievement of prose mastery, regaling the essence of culture upon the canvas of an eminently readable adventure story. When the books were first released in the United States, they became instant bestsellers. They made Sienkiewicz a household name, so much so that Mark Twain could assert that Sienkiewicz was the first serious international writer to become an American literary celebrity. Even so, the trilogy did not achieve for him even a fraction of the acclaim that came his way with the publication of Quo Vadis in 1898. It was the first book the New York Times dubbed a blockbuster and became the standard against which all future mega bestsellers would be judged. The book was an epic retelling of the Great Fire of Rome in 64 AD. Its broad biblical sweep of events includes the machinations of Nero's court, the rising tide of persecutions against the Christian community, the movements of the Germanic tribes along the Roman frontier, and the ministries of the apostles Paul and Peter. According to an old Christian legend, Peter was fleeing the emperor's persecutions when he had a vision of Christ along the Appian Way. Awestruck, the apostle addressed the Lord, asking, Quo vadis? Or, Whither do you go? Jesus answered him, To Rome, to be crucified anew, inasmuch as you have abandoned my sheep. Fully comprehending the rebuke, Peter returned to the city to face his inevitable martyrdom. In the hands of Sienkiewicz, the legend comes alive with bristling dialogue, fully dimensional characters, abiding faith, and informed political rage. His faithfulness to the straightforward gospel message of the early church is inspiring, but his ability to relate the struggle of the first generation of believers against the juggernaut of messianic Caesarism to the struggle of modern believers against the juggernaut of messianic statism is nothing less than brilliant. The story is never compromised by propaganda. Nevertheless, Sienkiewicz's message of anti-revolutionary, anti-ideological, and anti-modernist traditionalism sounds out loud and clear. Four film versions of the story have been made in Hollywood and six more by foreign filmmakers. 
1951 MGM big-budget production starring Peter Ustinov, Robert Taylor, and Deborah Kerr is a confirmed classic. As late as 1937, the French Larousse Encyclopedia asserted that the book was one of the most extraordinary successes registered in the history of the book, both in terms of sales and in terms of literary merit. The American literary critic Nathan Haskell Dole was hardly exaggerating when he commented, It is said that if a person standing at the foot of Niagara merely touches the awful sheet of water with a finger, he is drawn irresistibly in. And so, if a person begins this book, the torrential sweep of its immensity becomes instantly absorbing. It is one of the great books of our day. But the greatest achievement of Sienkiewicz's Quo Vadis was not literary. It was cultural and political. It came to represent the movement that preserved Polish Christianity from the ravages of fascism and communism during the grim years of the 20th century. For our own day and our own time, when the smothering ideologies of woke postmodernism threaten to snuff out the embers of Western civilization's once glorious flame, Quo Vadis is a reminder to us all of the power of both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and resources, Go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.org.